Hey everyone, we're back with the District 3 Podcast, episode 218. My name is Irvin. This is Elena. And I'm Migs. And today, Migs brought us some McDonald's. Um, it's my lunchtime. Yeah. It's 11 a.m. This is the time <laughs> when I normally eat. Uh, I was telling Elena that I, I fast from like 8 p.m. to 11 a.m. Uh, and uh, by 11 a.m., I'm starving. Mm. And Migs texted us and he said, hey, I'm going to be a little bit late because I'm stopping by <laughs> <Yeah>. McDonald's. <laughs> no, I was already at McDonald's. <laughs> and, like, and I was like on time. I was like, I was going to get here like 10 minutes early. I'm like, you know what? Like I could use like a little like spicy chicken, like McChicken. Yeah. So I pulled over. I stopped. And then, like, first of all, I'm, like, locked in, so I can't get out, you know? But, yeah, yeah 10 minutes I'm waiting there, and I'm like, oh, man. And this, <laughs> it came from me being early to me being late. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy the double cheeseburgers, guys. Yeah. It, was, it was a $3. <laughs> yes, you, you said $3 bundle, right? Yeah, That's what you, yeah, what, yeah. What is that? What is a $3 bundle? What? Have? Hold up. Yeah. You've, never, you've never done the $3 bundle? No, I haven't. I usually just I know what I'm going to yeah. McDonald's for. It's the cheeseburgers. And some fries, and that's it. Uh, the $3 else. bundle is either a McDouble and some small fries or a spicy McChicken and some small fries. You could also do a four-count chicken nugget. Yeah, and, see, and, and that was perfect for me because I was like, I just need something in my stomach. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's not, they're not even sponsoring the podcast. Nope, we're, they're not. We're talking yeah. about them like, like they are. Uh, <laughs> speaking of sponsors, are we sponsored by... We're not Minute yet. Made Aguas Frescas. We're we, not yet. we all have very nice little <laughs> pink beverages in front of us right now. I brought one of those for everybody just because I had one like about two weeks ago and I really liked it. And I was like, I'm going to bring one and I want to make sure everybody has one. So we're all we're all sipping on mm-hmm. it. Uh, but that cheeseburger was good. Mix, thank you for, for bringing that. And the french fries, everything was warm. Yeah. And everything was, was so warm. I don't know if it's because I'm starving. but like, every, <laughs> I think McDonald's is like that. You know, most of the time you get your double cheeseburger and you're like, yeah, whatever about it. But every once in a while you're like... Oh, that's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> which, <laughs> which McDonald's was it? Just for future reference, uh, it was right here. The one on College? MLK. Oh, okay. yeah. MLK. MLK. Oh, yeah. That that one takes a minute. I typically uh, go to the one on College. Okay. Oh, I'll get off the highway there. To oh, come yeah, here. yeah. That's yes, yes. So it was a it was a good little little meal before I have my my full meal, and I'll have to I'll have to <laughs> eat like something healthy now because I, <laughs> I had a cheeseburger. Oh, um, uh, and uh, speaking of food, I just wanted to mention. Uh, uh, well, I mean, maybe it's not time yet. Maybe I shouldn't let people know. Wow. What are you teasing, man? Uh, I, I, I think I'm, just, I'm going sober November. Hey. Hey. What? Yeah. Sober November? Why were you thinking about it right <laughs> now? Oh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, well I, I guess it's because we have these, like, little, like, cans here. And um, it just reminded me of, like, an alcoholic mm-hmm. beverage. And yeah. then I, I just kind of thought about it. Yeah. I told you November is the best time to do it. A- and I told everybody that I was going to let you know what, what I decided. And uh, I decided. You're going to like it, man, because I feel like you really get in touch with, like, I don't know, like, you you deal with problems head on. Like, you don't, <laughs> you know how, like, sometimes, like, we'll have some issues or, like, we'll be stressed and be like, I need a drink. Or, you yeah, know what was my thing was cleaning the house. I'd always just have, like, a little cerveza, you know, like, mm-hmm. and clean uh-huh. the house and stuff or just, like, random things like that because that's yeah. how we used to clean the house. Dang it, then I did nine months heads on. Yeah. Yeah, November, I'm hitting my first yeah. mimosa. Oh, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> 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 okay. I, I should save a little money because, you know, you randomly go out like let me have a drink next thing you know oh. it's like 150 bucks like that's uh-huh. true <laughs> <laughs> i went to emma's, emma's tap and bar on friday oh. and i bought like three drinks and it was like 
fifty dollars. I was like, man, yeah. if I don't if I don't drink, I probably save money. <laughs> by, yeah, like, by um, by not spending. But um, I'm excited about today's episode. Uh, we have a friend of yeah. the podcast here. She is currently the Diane D. Blair Professor of Latino Studies, Professora Alejandra Campos. Thank you for joining us today, Alejandra. How are you? I'm good. Um, profe. Hi, yes, profe. <laughs> I need to get used to saying to saying Professora instead of Alejandra. This is that I've known you for. You can call me Alejandra for a few. Okay. For a few years, for a few years too, and I'm just glad you're here. And I've kind of been following your journey on social media, you know, from the point that we started organizing together and Equipo Defensa del Inmigrante, and then seeing you go, you know, to the university over there in Notre Dame. Yes, Notre Dame. Okay. It was in South Bend, Indiana. You started here at the University of Arkansas, right? Yes, I started my undergrad in 2014, and I did my undergrad at Arkansas, and I also did a master's here too, and then I went and did my PhD. Okie dokie. Yeah. But taking it a little a little bit back, mm-hmm. you were telling us that you were born in Springdale. Yes, in the That's Northwest a... Arkansas Medical Center. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Springdale. Springdale. And you're the second person that we've interviewed who was actually born in Springdale. Mm-hmm. Usually people are born in Johnson, mm-hmm. is it Willow Creek? Yeah, yeah, Willow Creek. Or they're from California. Yeah. For the most part, I think the majority, I think I would say probably like about 70% of our guests have been from California, which is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why, why do we all end up here? I mean, yeah. we're all from California. I mean, I, I feel like in real life, I mean, a lot of people from Texas. Yeah, there's a lot of people from That's Texas. True. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Where's your family from? My family is from, my mom is from Chihuahua. She's from like a small place in Chihuahua. And then my dad's from Torreon, Coahuila. It's like a bigger city. Mm. And they moved directly to Arkansas. They never went to California or Texas or anywhere else first. They moved straight to Springdale. My mom had a friend. She had a friend here already. Okay. You know, so she came here and she liked it. And my dad worked as a cachador when he got here. And then my mom was working like housekeeping and stuff. So, yeah, they came straight here. What year did they come here? In 1995, 94, they came like a year or so before I was born. Okay. At that point, there was already somewhat of a popul- a small population of Latino Yeah, people, it was right? really small, though. Like, I think at the time, my mom said that she would go to a lot of Asian markets to get most of her produce and stuff like that because there just wasn't, like, a lot of Latino markets like there are now and stuff like that. So, was yeah. it the Amigo market? Yeah, I think it was, honestly. That, that one's been there for, like, yeah. decades, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it, and it is it is still kind of mixed, isn't it? Still kind of like Asian and Latino kind of. Yeah, it is. Yeah, they definitely is have the like Asian the spices amigo? and like the produce. Yeah. That's what it's called, I think. Yeah, yeah. The Asian, Asian amigo. amigo. Yeah. I've never been. I've no, never people been. tell me go there. There's stuff there that you want to cook, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I just never been. I don't know I why. Know. I'm gonna go now. Yeah, it's uh, it's located. You know where it's located? Yeah, it's like off of 71 B. Yeah. Like I know where it's at. I've just yeah. never been to it. Probably, ah. need, probably <laughs> need to check it out. Yeah, you should. You should. Um, so then your your parents moved here in the mid 1990s. Mm-hmm. You were born up. We won't say the year that you were born. <laughs> <laughs> out, of, out of respect, um, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> <laughs> but you're very young, so it's okay. Um, so and then you have a a, a younger sister and, and brother too, right? Yes, my sister is. Uh, 22, and my brother is 15. So there's like a large age gap between me and my younger brother. At least he just started high school. Okay. At Springdale. Yeah. Oh dang! Did you go to Springdale? Yeah, I did. Springdale High School. Yes, and oh, so yeah. did my sister. Bulldog We're all bulldogs. Yeah. <laughs> bulldog stand up. What school did you you went to? I always ask you this, but is it Heritage or is it high school? Neither. Rogers High School. I went to Rogers New Tech. Oh Whoa. yeah, the New Tech schools. To, yeah. I went to a charter school. Now okay. that I know they're oh, evils, nice. I would not go to a charter school well, again. <laughs> but what, what, do, what do you think? Is there any benefits of going to that school? Um, I like the fact that I was like, it was like the foundation and we got to like, we started the first like, um, like Hispanic 
like group there. Mm-hmm. Um, we did like charity events, and the per- like our teachers are not teachers; they're facilitators, and mm-hmm. you're just kind of like you're a lot more independent mm-hmm. compared to like high school. And uh, you teach other people. You also do a lot more public speaking. It's just a, it's a different way of learning. You're not just stuck opening a book and writing essays all day. Oh, wow. So, yeah. The so classes cool. are smaller, too, no? Or, or yeah. yeah. Uh, it gets big, though. There was a couple classes where there was, like, at least 50 students. Oh, wow. in there. oh man. Yeah. Yeah. What did you do? Do you think you went there because, like, your mom was like, this is where she's going to get a better education? No. No? Okay. Was it just closer to to where you live or what? It was actually closer to where I lived. And um, I also just kind of was like, well, I just want to try this out. And it was hard because I didn't have any friends there. (laughs) So, But it it has a mix of Rogers and Heritage High School kids there. So it's open for both of them. Mm. Okie dokie. And then you went to school in California, right? Uh, Yes. Uh, Verdugo Hills High School represent. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're definitely representing because there's no yeah, one here. Yeah. <laughs> the Dons, homie. <laughs> uh, and but uh, Springdale, it's turning out professoras or uh, hold mm-hmm. on. Did I hear when we were talking earlier? Like, do you have like your doctorate in like teaching? Oh, yeah. sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, so Springdale turning out doctors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's actually not in teaching. It's in political science. So. Okay. Um, and that's sort of the thing about PhD programs that a lot of people scrutinize is that, um, we're not really like, we don't go through courses on, to learn how to teach or anything like that. We're just doing our research and then Mm. we become professors and most professors don't have any sort of teaching degree. They're just Mm. researchers first and then they teach classes. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. What did you think when you were in high school, what did you want to be? I want, I mean, I wanted to be an immigration lawyer. I think a lot of, I don't know if, I mean, it's sort of a stereotype, right? That like a lot of women who are children of immigrants eventually want to be a lawyer or a doctor or something, and especially an immigration lawyer. Um, And I worked for an immigration lawyer for a few years, but I just didn't really like it. Yeah. I, it was, it was tough. I think it was tougher than I thought it would be. And and I think it's mostly paperwork too. Like in my mind, it was going to be some sort of like, advocacy work that I was going to be doing and like I would end up being in like the Supreme Court or something like that but (laughs) you know that pathway is like not so linear and also I suck at taking tests I'm like really really bad at standardized testing so I did terrible on the LSAT it was never gonna be me so Uh, yeah I feel you hey as as long as you you know you know what's best for you yeah at that time you're just like man um I mean it and I do get the whole like immigration lawyer thing Mm -hmm. I feel like all of us kind of wanted to do that in (laughs) a way but then I'm kind of like the paperwork yeah. Like it, it, it's it takes a strong individual to yeah. be able to do that. Someone that's focused and that and that like can dedicate themselves to the paperwork. And that ain't me either. Yeah. Well, know, and and take that sad every day too, man. That's a that's a thing. Also dealing with people's families. Yeah. I mean, these are people's livelihoods. Yeah. And then the, paperwork. <laughs> the trauma and yeah. everything. My mental health just can't. Yeah. 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 Can't do that. Yeah. Um. So then you graduated from from uh, Sprino High School, and then you went to the U of A, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And here you got your bachelor's degree as well. You've been doing a lot of school. Yes. Uh, how, how, how are you feeling right now <laughs> <I was in laughs> after all that school? <laughs> yeah, I was in school post-high school for nine years. Um, and actually, it's supposed to be longer. So PhD programs are usually like five years, and I finished in three. Um, so I could take this job. So, <laughs> But, um, yeah, I liked being in school. I like being a student. I feel like I like learning. There's a lot of freedom with being a student. It was harder when I was doing my undergrad and master's because I worked. Also, I usually had like some sort of part-time job. Um, but most PhD programs are fully funded and they also pay you. So to like for housing and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. you get like a stipend. And so it was the first time 
in my PhD program where I could just go to school and like focus on that. So it was really mm. nice. Um, yeah, I liked it. I liked being a student. <laughs> I think I asked you this already in person, but I'll ask you again just mm -hmm. like because it's the podcast. But, yeah. Um, why did you go to Notre Dame? Um, it sounds bad, but a lot of it is funding. So um, I applied, I think, to like 15 schools. It's a Catholic school, right? It's a Catholic school. It, that didn't influence me at all. My mom was really happy because <laughs> I think like, we're like, I mean, my parents are Catholic, but we've, we don't really go to mass. Like we don't go to mass or anything yeah. like that. Like, we, you know, we've never really been. So like a normal Catholic. Yeah, yeah. like a normal, yeah, <laughs> culturally Catholic, I think, yeah. or my family is culturally Catholic. And so they were happy with me going there. Um, but they also have a really large um, uh, population of Latino professors. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So, mm. like, our political science department had three Latino professors, which is, you know, kind of unheard of. Um, and some of them are, like, the first people, like, ever in political science history to get their PhDs in, that, in politics. Mm -hmm. um, we had um, a professor called Luis Fraga, and he also piloted, like, the Latino Studies uh, poll in 2006, which was the first representative sample of Latinos in political science. So um, it had like a lot of pioneers, I feel like, in that department. And I felt like the funding was good. I was going to be able to like not have to take out any loans or something like that to pursue my PhD. So yeah, a lot of it was funding. I really wanted to go to ASU though, but mm. the funding just was not there. <laughs> mm. And what, um, how was the experience living over there? Because um, remind me, the city is... Uh... It's small. It's very small. It's in South Bend, Indiana. Mm -hmm. So it's like, um, if you look at the lake, it's like right across the lake from Chicago. So like... Oh. The chili over there? It's chilly. I got like 12 inches of snow one oh, Christmas. I saw that picture you posted. Yeah, there. it was it, terrible. Do you guys get a bunch of mosquitoes like they do? No, we don't really get that many mosquitoes. Oh, I guess that's more... Uh, it's cold. Those are like rivers too, I yeah. think, no? Yeah. I feel like the cold would kill them. Yeah, it's cold, and, like, the winters go, like, into May. We were – it was cold in May still. Like, oh, no. That was terrible. But oh, man. you kind of get acclimated to it. Like, when I was moving back here in the summer, I was like, oh, my God, it's, like, so hot here. Yeah, it, <laughs> I was it is like, hot. But that's, like, going from zero to 100. Yeah, I was Because over like, here, it's, like, hot as heck. I remember when we were coming back from Washington when we did our little road trip. We were in Forks, Washington, where it was, like, mm. chilly, rainy. You watched Twilight before? Yes, I love Twilight. Okay, it's okay. my favorite movie. <laughs> okay, we were there. Yeah, like, I saw that. I was jealous. <laughs> yeah, taking pictures of the house and stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's super cool. Like, well, it was Myra's dream to go visit. Yeah. It's, it's She's a twi-hard. That's, that's what they call them. <laughs> yeah, well, look at you making dreams come true over I there. Know, right? <laughs> like, make a wish. Um, but, like, uh, we when we came back, um, we I think it was just getting to the point where it was, like, really, really hot here. Yeah. And we're like, oh my god, this is depressing. Yeah, we had to it's come to this heat. I think it was like 94 when we came back, and we had just came back from like a really cold and like nice uh, stay at Forks, Washington. But um, so then it's chilly over there. Then yeah, it's chilly. It's pretty small. Um, the the like here in Fayetteville, it's really like a college town. Like you can tell like the that the city is influenced by the university, and there's like a lot of coffee shops and bars and restaurants. But there, because the undergrad population has to live on campus until, like, their senior year, they really haven't expanded outside of, like, campus life, if mm. that makes sense. That's like, interesting. There, yeah. So there was, like, say, one road with, like, restaurants, and that's pretty much it. That's it? And they got one, Dick, one, like, mini Dixon kind of? Not even really a Dixon because there's not, like, a lot of drinking Mm. You know? Oh, cause it's Catholic. Is that I don't know that's school. why, but Catholic they have not a party. Yeah, it's not Catholic a party school you know? in some yeah. ways. I mean, maybe yeah. it was, but I'm not. You know, I didn't do undergrad there, so obviously, okay. like, I wouldn't know yeah. if that's the case. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it was 
they have like roles for undergrads and stuff like that. Oh, wow. So, yeah. <laughs> so what do you do for fun over there? Do you do anything? For well, fun? the fir- when I moved there, it was like right when the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. So actually I had moved there without even seeing what it looked like or anything. And I had to like find a place through Zillow and it was like kind of scary, but um, the people in my cohort and I, we would do like weekly dinners when I first moved there because we weren't really going out anywhere. And um, then like really this last year was the first year where I felt like things were kind of like all in person and we would all go out there is this bar called oyster bar where all the grad students go and it's like a true and true dive bar it was like stinky in there it smelled like oysters (laughs) and the drinks were cheap but Um, yeah but they tasted like oysters probably everything (laughs) i know where i'm going when i go to (laughs) (laughs) not there Uh, it's probably a nice it's probably a nice institution a nice place yeah, yeah. I, I, I like little divey bars man yeah, yeah they have a lot too. of dive bars in south bend what does that mean what does dive bars mean uh you know it, it, it's kind of like uh i guess it's not your trendy bar it's a little more yeah. trashy where it, you get the cheaper beer you yeah, know cheap beer, it, 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 it's almost like like there could be like a are there people smoking out? in here even though yeah. they're not allowed to smoke yeah. you know <laughs> like <laughs> like one of those bars, yeah. tables usually yeah, yeah. Little dark, yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's, it's dark, laid back. Yeah, it's always dark because if the lights were on, you wouldn't be in there. Mostly made out yeah. of wood. Everything. Hey man, uh, I'll take you to a dive bar here soon. Yeah, sounds <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's not a lot of dive bars, or maybe there's I just a couple. Don't know about them. Uh, I think Arts Place is like a true dive bar. Yeah, I've yeah. Always heard. Oh, okay. I haven't been yeah. to Arts, but there's the one in uh, downtown Bentonville. That's just the dive bar. The one oh. that's, like, underneath the no. church? No, uh, the one with no. the dollars. That's, that's a yeah, the one with the dollars. Yeah. Oh, okay. it's just, it's I ended up there once, and I was like, how did I get here? Why is this in a church? <laughs> Why is this a church? <laughs> what time of service? Yeah. Um, but that's that's cool. You know, they, you were able to have that experience, even though it wasn't, like, a very, like, I guess, flashy place. No, yeah. But I guess it helped you probably focus on your studies, right? Yeah, it did. And the campus is gorgeous. I mean, like, mm. it has, like, a lot of, like, cathedral-like buildings and stuff like that. And, like, there's two lakes on campus. So oh, it was pretty. I mean, it was a pretty campus. And uh, my cohort, like, I loved everyone in my cohort. They were super nice. Um, and I miss them and stuff because they're all still there, obviously, because our program is five years. But, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What, was this during the pandemic where you were in a... Yeah, I literally moved in 2020. It was terrible. Okay. <laughs> I was, like, I was scared because I was... You know, there is also, I I mean, to the perception of some, there's a lot of crime in South Bend. I guess it just depends on where you grow up and stuff like that, too. But I was like, it's probably a misconception. Um, So when I was looking at places, I would talk to, like, other grad students, and they were like, don't live here. Like, it's super dangerous. And I was like, so I was worried about moving there and, like, not knowing the area and stuff like that. Mm. So What, 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 um... Were they people of color that told you that? Some of them were. Some of them were. But uh, it was also, like, a generational thing. Like, some people in the program are, are older. And yeah. so, like, I feel like their perception of, like, you know. And some have families, too. And so, like, their perception of, like, what crime is and, like, what all that stuff is is different. I feel like our perception is different. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Because I feel like sometimes, like, I've, I've been told several times, like, hey, this this place is dangerous. Be careful. And, like, I go to that place, and there's just a lot of people of color, and I'm like, what are you trying to say? There's a lot of, like, like housing insecure folks, you yeah. know, people that yeah. you can tell are living through poverty, but I'm like, like this looks all right to me. This looks like my neighborhood when I used to live in California. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's this is normal, you know? Yeah, um, I think that's, that was the case. There's a lot of poverty in South Bend in some areas, and, like, um, there's a large black population there. Mm. And I think that, yeah, I think... Like I said, like, because the university is so secluded, I think, from the actual city, 
that you can really see the difference like when you leave campus like like you know there's obviously like an income disparity between like and none of the professors there like lived in South Bend they all lived like a couple cities away in like <laughs> what like this area called Granger because it was nicer mm. and like it was far away from campus so like not, even the people that work there don't live in South Bend really oh wow mm-hmm. and you were there for three years three years yeah what are some of your biggest takeaways from living there um, and from your, just your overall experience I feel like my biggest takeaways were like learning how to advocate for myself and and becoming like a professional. I think when you're an undergrad, there's like a power gap between you and your professors, if that makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. they just seem so up here and we're like down here. Mm -hmm. And um, in a graduate program, they really treat you like a colleague. And I feel like I had to learn that because I rely so much on mentors, I think, Mm -hmm. which is not a bad thing, but I just, I feel like independence is really hard for me. And it was the first time I lived away from Arkansas. It was the first time I lived so far away from my family because it was like a 10 hour drive. Mm -hmm. And there's obviously no direct flights from like Bentonville to South Bend, Indiana. So um, I don't know, I learned a lot of independence, I think, Mm -hmm. and it was nice. Talking about mentors, uh, let's talk about Professor Medina. Yes. Because I knew him because he invited me to come speak to his uh, to his class. Yeah. I think like 2016 when I ran for office. Were you I there? Was, I was there. Oh. I was in that class. Oh, damn. <laughs> that was should... the first time I saw you, but we weren't, yeah. we hadn't like actually met or anything like that. But you, I was in that class. Okie dokie. That was 2016, right? Or yeah. 2015 around that time? Uh, yeah, around that time. Yeah. And and then he he came to our campaign office and uh, took one of my took one of the signs to go put in his house, which I was really appreciative of 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 him and and, and his wife and their support. Um, what what does that? Because um, I'm guessing that's like a men- that was a mentorship for you, right? Yeah, and he's still my mentor. Like we talk a lot, um, even now, less frequently, obviously, when I was his student mm-hmm. um, at the U of A. But he was the first that the only professor I had outside of the Spanish classes that I took at the U of A. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he really, like, he's, he was like a pivotal mentor for me to even like consider academia. Like I had no idea what academia was. I have no idea what tenure was. Um, and he was just like, you're good at writing. I think you should go to grad school. I think that would be Mm. good for you. Um, at the U of A, if you are a TA, some departments, if you're a TA will pay for your, um, tuition and they will also give you a stipend. And so he was like, get your master's for free you know, take a couple years to think about what you actually want to do, because I had told him I wanted to go to law school. Um, and he was like, you know, if that isn't for you, and you're not sure, why don't you just take a couple years, get your master's for free, and like, we can write some papers and do some work together. And I really liked it. I like, you know, like I mentioned, I like being in school. I like academia, I like reading, I like writing. Um, it can be exhausting, but I feel like it's just, there's also so much liberty with it, too. So I just mm-hmm. was like, this is what I want to do. Um, but yeah, he's, he's cool. I love him. What do you think? Um, what do you think you would have done if he wouldn't have told you that? Like, I what? honestly don't know. I think about it, and I feel like because at the time I was working for the um, the lawyer, the lawyer in yeah. Rogers, and I felt like I was just gonna have to take that. So I, ha- I did take the LSAT once. And I did terribly on it, and I was like, I'll just have to take it again. And like in my mind, I was like, I'll just go to law school here, you know, um, and then I'll just end up working for a lawyer in this area. I guess like that was kind of like my backfall because I've never really been interested in being in politics, like running for office. I commend you for that. Cause I don't think I would ever want to do that. Well, <laughs> and yeah. I, you know, I wasn't really interested in living in DC and working for like, I don't know, like a lobbyist or something. Like I just, that wasn't something that I ever wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So my backfall was like, 
take the LSAT again and mm. go to law school or something. Yeah. And you might not have been happy. Yeah, I might have not. End. I probably wasn't going to be happy, to be yeah. honest. It's being a lawyer is tough. Yeah. What was the determining factor where you were like, you know what? I think I'm going to become a doctor slash professora and teach like the, I guess I want to say youth, but they're college kids. So, you know, the young adults of the America. Adults. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I felt like Medina was such a good mentor for me. Um, and I, when I took his class, so I took, he taught Latino politics, Latino political thought and like politics of Mexico. When I took those classes, I was like, yeah, all of this makes sense. Like, I felt like a lot of things clicked in my life. I was like, okay, this is why sometimes my parents say these things that might be a little out of pocket or, like, you know, family members or something like that. Um, and even friends, right, because sometimes I think uh, there are, like, peers among us that have, like, different views. And, like, it's confusing. And I never understood why they had views that the way they did like because i remember when i took um when i was in my master's program that was when the black lives matter movement really started mm. and i had a lot of like colleagues that i knew that were latino that were like very much like all lives matter and all this stuff and i think if i hadn't like been in those courses i would have been like why are you doing this like you know what i'm saying yeah. but i think once you get sort of that i don't know epiphany or something that you do when you go to class or something like that i was like okay all this makes sense to me now like there is reasoning why people hold the beliefs they do and like why we see the politics that like happens today and so i was really interested in all that you really have to learn the history of yeah. like how things happened and immigration and mm -hmm. yeah it's a lot even it's a with lot. like trump supporters sometimes you yeah. like I've learned. I don't want to say if I, I think I give them some grace. I think, <laughs> like, like I don't. I don't just look at a Trump supporter now and say, "Oh, you're a horrible person." My mind now says, "Like, wait, how did you get to this mindset? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, how was you? How did you grow up? Yeah. How were your? How was your environment? How were your parents? You know, all these different factors that sometimes we just kind of don't even think about. Yeah. We're just kind of like, no, you're a bad person because you did this. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. without offering grace yeah. to people. Yeah. yeah. Um. What are what do you think are some of the things that you like talking about that about mm -hmm. what you've learned? Are are there anything th things that come to your mind right now, um, besides what you just mentioned, of of things that you know affect our communities or because I know you've done a lot of research mm -hmm. and uh, you probably do have some things that that you can think of that I guess um, give us reasons why certain communities are the way they are <laughs> and specifically focused on here because i think you've kind of focused on northwest arkansas for for some of your research right yeah I, when i did my master's i uh my thesis was on like dreamers in this area mm -hmm. and it, it was really actually honestly because of that moment where i had a, i felt like i knew a lot of people that were very supportive of the all lives matter movement and i was very confused why they didn't see that um, like black liberation is human liberation, right? Like that's what a, a lot of the things that we learn in our courses is that, um, you know, their movement can also be our movement, but we need to support them and be allies, right? And that doesn't mean that we're being left out. It just means that if they're liberated, you know, that mm -hmm. would lead to all liberation. And so- yeah. It's the start. It's the start, mm -hmm. yeah. And in, in a lot of ways, it's always been the case, right? When we think about like uh, the civil rights era, like the Chicano movement and um, a lot of like the, the brown breads or whatever afterwards was like very much influenced by also black civil rights movements. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, I, you know, to me, all of those questions of like, why do Latinos, why are Latinos conservative? Why do Latinos vote for the Republican party? I think sometimes it's like a misconception that we're being left out or that, um, the Republican party has our best interests in mind when it comes to like economic well-being, Right. Because a lot of 
people vote and they react based on fear, right? And the biggest fear that a lot of our community faces is like economic stability, mm-hmm. right? And that's really important. Like mm-hmm. um, being food insecure, being like working like paycheck to paycheck, like nobody wants to live like that. That's like a stressful way to live. And so I think, yeah, not that I've necessarily learned that, but I feel like it's like a pattern that I've seen in the literature and like, um, and offering grace can be good too. But I think also like, you know, educating our community and stuff like that and being more, I think it's hard because when we're young, like our elders don't want to listen to us because there's Mm -hmm. some sort of like age gap. And like, of course there's like that respect there too. Like I respect my parents, I respect my aunts and uncles and stuff like that. But sometimes I'm like, let me educate you real quick. You know, (laughs) like, so I I think it's hard. It's going to be hard in our community because there is sort of those like norms that we have about like, respectability and stuff like that so yeah what do those conversations look like like that you have with your parents where you kind of have to educate them on something mm-hmm. that maybe um maybe they have a viewpoint or something mm-hmm. that's way different from what your morals and beliefs are or what you've been educated on have yeah. you had those kind of conversations with them i have i think my parents are really open to it to be honest we don't always have them and i feel like my parents have learned a lot just by the conversations that my siblings and i have Um, like, I think they've noticed things more and sometimes I feel a little bad too, because like, we'll go out and I think my parents notice more too, like when servers don't treat them as well and stuff like that. And they've Mm. noticed like racism more than they have in the past. And in some ways it's good, right? Because I'm like, okay, now you know, like what it's like, but in other ways I feel bad because now they are like, they get sad when we go out and they get Mm. treated poorly. Whereas before I think they were like, ignorance is bliss, you know, like they just didn't really notice those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also like they they advocate for themselves a lot more now too, which is, has That's been a really good. good positive. Like, um, there have been instances where my brother has been, I think honestly, like racially profiled because he's, you know, mm. he's younger. He's like a Mexican kid living in, uh, we live in Tawny town or they mm. live in Tawny town. I feel like it's like a nicer area. And I feel like people always think that he's up to something when he's just like walking our dogs or something mm. like that. I have to say yeah. that's increased a lot more. Like, I've got a 17-year-old brother and a 21-year-old brother, and they have been racially profiled many times, getting Mm -hmm. pulled over constantly just because they fit the description, literally. They've been told that you fit the description, where I feel like 10 years ago that really wasn't as big of a problem as it is now. Yeah, and my parents, yeah, I feel like they've noticed it too, but they advocate for my brother a lot now too. They're just like, you know. Like, I've helped them write letters to, like, people and being, like, you're racially profiling him and he hasn't done anything. You have no evidence. And so, like, but they're more willing to do those things. Whereas before, I feel like maybe they wouldn't have spoken up or they wouldn't have said anything. So I feel like for them, the learning moments have been more of, like, growth, you know, and being, like, able to advocate for themselves and stuff Mm, like that. So, yeah. You're the the oldest daughter in the family, right? And there's always, there's always, like, I like to always point that out. There's always, (laughs) like, a... A thing there just just because you know things fall a lot of stuff falls on you a lot of responsibility falls Mm -hmm. on you all these different the all you experience like the firsts and all these different things especially being a college student um how do you feel that um being the 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 older daughter of an immigrant family has helped you in your journey to get to where you're at today um honestly i was i feel like I was a bad older daughter like growing (laughs) up i went through like a really bad emo phase Mm. and i don't i mean for a few period, like for a period of my life, I feel like I was very much like not the stereotypical like oldest daughter of immigrant parents. And then it was really like in high school that I feel like something switched and I was like, okay, I want to do better for myself. 
But it was hard. I think it was harder, too, because there's an age gap between my, me and my siblings. And so, like, a lot of tough times I feel like I had to deal with on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Because, I mean, my family have has obviously suffered from immigration and, you know, deportation and stuff like that. And a lot of that happened when I was younger. Mm. And my siblings were also younger, so it's not like we could all, you know, decompress about what had just <laughs> happened together. And there was, I, there's always been a lot of responsibility for me, but, you know... I, I think it bothered me at some period in my life, but now I've accepted it. I'm like, you know what? I love helping my family. I love being with my family. Um, and it doesn't feel like a chore. I think it felt like a chore for some time in my life, but now I've kind of been like, you know what? Especially if you're going through an emo phase. I feel like you're just yeah, kind of I was like, like, I don't want to be around my family. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you, mom. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> All these Literally. different things. So emo phase, what did you listen to? What kind of music did you listen to back then? I liked Pierce Avail, which they're going, they went on tour and I did not get to go on to their, to like their newest tour or whatever. Um, I don't know. I listened to like, I feel like back in the day, nobody remembers this, but like there used to be concerts here all the time at the mall, at the Northwest Arkansas mall. Someone oh, yeah. just told us like, was it like, Two weeks ago, that the All American Rejects performed at the mall. Really? Like, uh, no, like, they performed at the Amp. At the Amp. No, they. they, they, they oh, they, oh no! The like mall. back in the day. Uh, back in the day. Yeah, but they they used to have uh, like th- when the Amp like started. It used yeah. to like they used to have it in this parking lot yeah, I at that. the mall, and they used to have like little events there. And then they move. Then they moved it to the fairgrounds in Fayetteville, so they started having concerts there a little bit bigger. Yeah. And then finally, oh, they got some backing, and they built an actual venue, which was originally supposed to be a lot bigger but you know some people pulled out and then they ended up with what they got anyway that was, <laughs> that was a history lesson from professor yeah. Meg. Yeah. <laughs> uh, i don't think i even lived here when uh they had those oh, really? small part <laughs> yeah, yeah but. i wasn't even here yeah. <laughs> who told us that what guest was it that told us about the all-american rejects you remember no i don't it was like three weeks ago i wasn't here yeah because i don't I forgot remember who it was <laughs> um I think it might have been the Austin EP, the folks that came in. They were talking oh, about okay. it. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Um, so, music, you're a big BTS fan. Yes. And uh, can you, can you, can you, uh-huh. you're like, this is the first time anybody's asked me about yeah. it on the, on the air. Um, can, you, can you talk about that? Like, what? Because I know. I know yeah. Name three I, songs. I, I normally, I normally <laughs> she's like, I can name like 300. Uh, I, I normally don't ask that question, but I feel like it's part of your personality in a way. It has become part <laughs> of my personality. But honestly, so it was a th- my sister liked k-pop before i did Mm. but my sister was also like a directioner she's always been like um very invested in groups and so (laughs) during the pandemic like there is nothing to do except for stay at home right so like we she's like was like you should watch these videos and at first i was like no i don't want to watch them and then my my also my close friends also like k-pop and so we started watching music videos and I was like, oh, these are, like, aesthetically pleasing. Like, mm-hmm. I like watching these music videos. I like the dancing that they're doing. I like, you know, the videography. It was nice. So I was like, so we just, like, literally, I don't know. It was like something altered my brain, like a <laughs> chemical. If you watch the James Gordon, like, um, carpool karaoke that he does, mm-hmm. he had BTS on there. And that, I feel like that was when I was like, okay, they're mm-hmm. funny. I want to keep watching their videos. Yeah. <laughs> they're uber talented. You know, a lot yeah. of these folks from, from South Korea that, that perform, I, I don't know the name of, I, all I know is BTS and uh, Pink? Blackpink. Blackpink. Yeah. Okay. I know, I know them too. And they're, they're like the two biggest groups, I feel like. I've, I'm so mainstream when it comes to like K-pop. <laughs> it's just, I just know the basic. But they're ass. good, so it's okay. Uh, it's is Baby Metal uh, South Korean? 
I don't know. Uh, that must be like an older. It, it, it's like little <laughs> girls like with like stuff. Oh, yeah. 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 I think I know it's, what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's, it's pretty I awesome. I mean, not that I. I mean, maybe I'll go to a concert. <laughs> I don't know. You should, you <laughs> I don't know if uh, the the Linda Lindas are are some of them are are Asian, right? Have you have you seen them perform? Uh, yeah. Linda, Linda, no. You've never seen them? They're like oh. 13, 14-year-old. Like, uh, I think some of them are Mexican, and then some of them are Asian. They might be, I think they might be either South Korean or, or Japanese, and they're amazing. Mm. They yeah. opened up for Paramore in Tulsa whenever I went, uh, four, like, three or four months yeah. ago. No, I, I mean, I remember, like, uh, um, like, Apple Music, or maybe it's when I had Spotify. But anyway, uh, yeah, it suggested the Linda Lindas to me, and I was like, okay, let me listen to this. And I was like... They're Whoa! Amazing. Yeah, they're like thirteen, fourteen years old. Yeah, they're gonna, they're like gonna I be. fell asleep to that album for like at least three days in a row. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna be huge. I'm, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still trying to get into K-pop. I just it. it it's like, always playing when you go shopping now. Like I went shopping a couple <laughs> weeks ago, and I was like, "Is this in a different language?" Yeah, like, and I, I was have like, so this much. Gotta be K-pop. So much respect. And like, they're so talented. I love I love watching them dance and perform. Like whenever I see them in like an award show and they're like s- singing live and then like dancing, dancing. at yeah. the same time without being like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like wow, like these. And I know I've I've watched like some mini documentaries about mm-hmm. like K-pop and South Korea and like how much they practice like yeah. to the point of exhaustion yeah. to perfect like their dances and their and their yeah. performances, but I, I, I maybe I just need to listen to it a little bit more so I can find like you know what my my uh, favorite songs are. Songs are I feel like the music videos help though because at first mm. the music like when I would listen to it I'm like I don't really get it you know but yeah. I feel like once you watch the music videos and you see the full thing you're like okay yeah. Yeah. Can it, name, name three K-pop songs that people need to listen to name three yeah if, so, if you're gonna get someone into K-pop yeah. for the first time and they're like these are the three songs that I recommend that you should listen to yeah. that will that's uh, too much pressure what if they, the they're ca- bad the camera's recording so yeah um, <laughs> what would Edgar listen to yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't know. My brother hates K-pop, so I feel like we and we play all the time. So there's nothing that we could get him to mm. that would change his mind. I don't know. I like TXT too, which is another group. Mm-hmm. They have new music coming out. Chasing that feeling has been on repeat for me. Okay. Um, from BTS, I liked Pied Piper. Um, I also like On. It's just like O N, literally On. Okie dokie. Um, I'm about to listen um, to these on the way home. Yes. Right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you should listen to TXT. They have a song that they just came out with, and it's with a Latina artist, but I can't remember. It's not Becky G, is it? No, no, no. Becky but G- Becky G does have a song with J-Hope, yeah. Chicken Noodle Soup, and that yeah. one's good. Yeah, Chicken Noodle it. Soup. I like the na- yeah. I know. It's yeah. like the name of it. I hadn't even heard it. <laughs> I've also been getting some like uh, TikToks of uh, South Korean uh, ranchera singer. What? Oh really? In Mexico, like he's he, he's he's South Korean. Oh. He's like singing. It's like a music video. He's like so passionate singing ranchera music. I'm like, wow, like this is so cool. He's becoming pretty popular in, in Mexico. Um, so BTS aside, well, actually not BTS. Aside, you've been to you've been to a BTS concert, haven't you? I have. I've been to a BTS concert, and I also went to see some of them do like solo performances. Like because oh, they've gone. One member went on tour, like mm-hmm. a solo tour, mm-hmm. and I went to that. And I also saw one that it wasn't really a solo he was headlining for Lollapalooza so I went mm. it was I stood in for 10 hours that day outside oh my gosh <laughs> man you're, de- you're a dedicated friend. I was dedicated it's because I'm sure and I was like we have to be there <laughs> be early in the front. I have to be <laughs> in the front otherwise I'm not going to be able to see him and then it's going to be like a waste that makes sense so. um yeah sorry to like interrupt but I, I feel you guys 
uh, about being short. I'm not short, but I remember like I. <laughs> but solidarity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but like uh, just showing up like like that was a that was an interesting. Yeah, yeah. But but like the thing is like I always like show up late to concerts. You know, like I know what's up. Like I'm I'm probably gonna show up for like the main event. It's called tall privilege, Miguel. Yeah, or, or right before, and I have friends, right? And, yeah. and they're like, "Hey, we'll set you a spot." I'm like, "Bet I got a spot saved." Yeah. You know. Anyway, like I get there, and then every time I go and I sit or like sit with them or stand with them, like. There's always, like, show people, people behind me. And they're mad. Like, half yeah. the time, they got to tell me something. I'm like, dude, like, I had somebody <laughs> waiting here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, my bad. And then I try to be short, but I can't. I'm yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my friends go with me, too. And they're tall, too. They're both, like, six feet tall. And I'm like, we have to do this. And, they, like, yeah. people will ask. I'm like, can you, like, can we go in front of you? And they're like, no. Oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Do you know how long yeah. I've been here? Yeah. Especially yeah, if you weird. paid more to, to be more in the front. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're currently, right, what you're doing at the university right now is more more research for this year. But next year, you'll actually be teaching classes. Is that, is yeah. that so? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the university is, like, a research university. So um, they – most professors are more research oriented anyway. Like they want you to be focusing on your research. Um, but I'll teach two classes next semester. I'll teach American national government and Latino politics. Oh, dang. You excited about that? Um, I'm not super excited about <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm a little nervous because, you know, I can talk, but I don't know if I can talk for 50 minutes by myself, you know, like. You okay, little dialogue. And I think you will. Yeah, college students are hard to do dialogue sometimes. Too. Yeah, yeah, mm. especially because the uh, one of them will be like a freshman level course. Yeah. And so you know. Mm. Yeah, American government is gonna be hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it's exciting though. Yeah. Probably, I mean, it's good to be a little nervous. You know, that means yeah. that you're about to do something big. Yes. And that's and that's an exciting thing to do. Well, we're we're excited for you. Just mm-hmm. excited to see you continue to grow and and uh, continue to grow as a community leader. One of the things you talked about, you said something about how. Uh, politics is hard and it's not something that you would like to do but being a Latina professor at the U of A you're probably going to have like in the next five years I, I can re- I can almost confirm you'll have about 20 people that will come up to you about running for office since you're going to be living here yeah. and you're going to be a teacher uh, remember that whenever whenever they do because <laughs> yeah. they, like, like, no. they see like they see like these figures in the community they're like Latino figure like gotta try gotta reach out to them to run for office wow. um, so you'll probably be getting that I was saying, then you can come talk to Erwin and he can teach you, like, about running campaigns. No. <laughs> you can avoid I it. I won't get to that point because I'll say no. Oh. <laughs> if you can avoid it, then, then oh, okay. try to avoid it. But they say it takes seven times to convince a woman uh, to run for office. You have wow. to ask her seven times. You're like, hey, are you going to run for office? <laughs> 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 still got, we still got six more. Six yeah. more. <laughs> any, and, and just, just so for us to end the episode, uh, Alejandra, any advice that you give to young people, specifically Latinx people that might be interested in uh, a profession in, in academia, mm. how, um, any advice that you can give them? Um, I would just say that you're smarter than you think you are and that, you know, if you've made it to the point where you feel like you're ready to go to grad school or that's the next step and, like, you've consciously made that decision, it's probably because you're ready. Like, Mm. I think a lot of people hesitate to keep going into higher education because they start to doubt themselves and they start to doubt whether or not that place is for them. I know I did, especially at Notre Dame. Um... But I was like, you know what? I got into this university just like everyone else did. So mm-hmm. I'm going to stand mm-hmm. my ground and be here, be present, and do the research I want to do. There you go. Mm-hmm. Well, if anybody uh, plans to enroll to U of A, you might have uh, <laughs> Professora Campos as mm-hmm. as your professor, mm-hmm. as she will be teaching once again the classes. American National Government and Latino Politics. 
There you go. Yeah, well, right. well, that's the uh, – we're ending the episode for, for this week. That was episode 218 of the District 3 podcast. My name is Edwin. This is Elena. And I'm Migs. And that was Dr. Campos signing off.